Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm BJ. And this week, uh, we are returning to Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for probably the final time for our long-discussed spoiler cast, where we're going to yeah. be talking about all the major spoilers from Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So if you have not beaten this game and you really care about spoilers probably want to avoid this entire episode because this whole episode is just spoilers hence spoilers pretty much <laughs> yeah i mean pretty much it's uh yeah we can't say a whole lot about where we are with the game having finished it without you know giving away the game having finished it yeah uh just to follow up briefly from our uh tgs stuff last week we were talking about all the jrpg stuff going on few uh, other announcements came in that I thought were pretty exciting. We got confirmation of the die game infinity strash mm-hmm. finally uh, coming out next year. Uh, it will be over here in the West and it looks like there's two different modes. One of them is like the story mode where you basically play through the die story, which mm-hmm. I'm excited for, but at the same time, it's like, Oh my gosh, how many times do we have to play through that story? It's like the, the exact whole, same story. Yeah. It's like, you know, Batman's parents dying all over again. We've seen it a million times. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, eh, but, but whatever, you know, I'm excited for it. Um, I just feel like we've seen that story a lot, especially now that, uh, the, the anime, you know, has been broadcast over here, the newer one. And then we have the manga yep. in English and it's just kind of like, uh, but you know, whatever I'm excited for it. I'll play it. The other mode, I can't remember what exactly what it's called. It's called like tower of memory or something like that. And it's basically yeah. like, uh, it's basically randomly generated dungeons. Like, like the layouts are different every time that you go in and run through. Um, Nino Kuni two had a similar thing, uh, in some of its DLC, uh, that I enjoyed playing, uh, quite a bit where there was like, you know, multiple levels you had to get up through and it was all random. It's not that I hate that. I, I doubt I'll spend like a super long time in it. Um, but, yeah. but that's that's kind of a cool feature that they're offering a little bit more uh, here. And it looks good. Um, the footage yeah, it does that look they really showed pretty. looks really good. One of the devs was talking about how they got feedback when they originally showed it. They got feedback about how bad the game looked, the graphics looked, and so they huh. changed things. And I was kind of surprised because, I mean, I thought it looked good even then i mean it does look better now you can definitely tell that they've like upscaled everything but i just assumed it was like normal yeah you know updating a game development kind of thing where it looks better now from the earlier footage but apparently they went back to the beginning and like changed everything because whenever we saw it initially i thought it was a a pretty like a pretty good looking game like I didn't think anything about it. Like they needed to go and redo. I just thought it was like you said, normal development process of this one being like higher res, uh, just kind of you know typical game development. Yeah. So anyway, we got that. Uh, we got the uh, Sweet Coden one and two remasters. Yeah. Uh, which was like a huge surprise. I'm really excited for that. Uh, Have I ever I told you why I'm bitter about Sweet Coden and have never beaten it? No. Uh, when I was when it f- was first came out, uh, it was out at around the same time as Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and I was playing on the PS One uh, Symphony of the Night, and I got to one hundred and ninety nine percent, and I had my memory card full, and uh, I was working on this last one percent to completely finish out uh, Symphony of the Night, and I started playing Sui Coden, and uh, 
it needed two separate uh, memory card blocks and I didn't have but one and it didn't prompt me on what to delete or uh, to tell me that there wasn't enough room like other games did and it just cleared out uh, a spot on its own and oh, no. it did my Symphony of the Night uh save data that i had that was that was literally one like i had like one room that i needed to finish out um in the entire game so i got mad and never played sui coden because of that because it uh, deleted my uh deleted my symphony of the night uh save data and to this day have not gone back and uh, played it and when i saw this i seriously had that bitter feeling where i was like i don't know if i'm gonna play this screw sui code won't care if it's one of the best rpgs ever made it's interesting that they deleted another Konami game. Yeah, it was. It really made me mad. Like, um, I guess, I guess it was a Konami game, wasn't it? I yeah, Code is. Yeah, let's just all appreciate that we don't have to have those uh, old school memory cards like we had on PS One and PS Two. That's, That's honestly true. one of the toughest things for me now is because they don't make those memory cards, and so anytime I've booted up a game, because I have a working PS One and PS Two mm-hmm. as well, and. Uh, that's one of my biggest problems is, you know, I have these memory cards already, already collected for both of them. Yeah. And like, I don't want to delete a lot of those no. old save files and stuff. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of put into a corner now of what games I can play. But thankfully, most of these games have come, you know, out on, on newer modern consoles, which is good. And it also stinks. Like I was playing Wave Race on the 64 uh, online the other day on the Switch. And I'd look at Jennifer. I was like, oh, I have to unlock everything on this. Like I can go in there and plug up my Nintendo 64 and I have like my little memory card pack in the controller where we could just play this without having to unlock anything. It was it's like, oh, man, this doesn't ha- I can't I can't just plug in my my save file that I already have for this game onto the new console. Like it was uh, the opposite for me. It's like I just want to use my old save and uh, put it in and couldn't. Yeah. So Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, you you beat the game just uh, you beat the game last week, but because mm-hmm. of the TGS stuff, we uh, we covered that instead. Yep. And uh, and I beat it a couple weeks ago, but it's still pretty fresh on my mind. Uh, I know we've kind of skirted around some spoilers uh, before, but this is really getting into the especially the end game stuff that we've barely yeah. even touched on now. Um, so uh, let's just skip way way ahead. Why you why did you think of the ending to this game? Um, okay, so I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this. I thought that the ending to this game was good. I also thought that it was a bit of a letdown and it broke my heart and kind of made me cry. Uh it all of those at the same time. Like I assume I, I assume the the heartbreaking crying moments is because they get split up at the end. Like, like, yes, um, I did all Neo's, of this work. Yeah. I tried like, like get these to get ca- these characters that I really care about. Even Tyon, by the end of it, care about like the way that he has this relationship with Uni. Like you, you, you keep them all together, and you're you're working on the on making sure that they're all this one cohesive group, and they love each other, and they work through their differences. And then the entire thing is it showing them actually splitting apart and being unable to run fast enough when they realize that they need each other in their lives and i'm like man monolith soft you uh kind of punched me in my gut there didn't you like it really did make me tear up like it was it was really sad yeah i think it it didn't make me tear up i mean i thought it was a very powerful ending um and i agree with you it's it's heartbreaking it's sad and i was kind of let down by it as well because of that because it's like you've worked so hard to get here 
And the other Xenoblade games at least kind of have a happy ending. I thought Xenoblade 2's ending was pretty happy. Yeah, it's pretty hopeful and happy overall, yeah. And then this one, they kind of like, I don't know, Final Fantasy did up and uh, decided to try to go for a more heartbreaking ending instead. And yeah, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily a fan of it. I know there's a lot of DLC coming out and things like that. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see if this is going to be something like that. They've also said that they that they are, have like a, a DLC expansion coming out. Mm-hmm. that's like uh, that's like the size, if not bigger than Torna. OK, uh, awesome. Was. And so I'm like halfway expecting that to be dealing with that kind of thing where they're trying to get yeah. back to each other. Um, I don't know if that's really where they're going with it, but just because of the way the ending was, I was, I was kind of like, Oh, that, that sucks for them. Like I wanted yeah. Noah and, and Mio to get to be together. And then they just like, they're like running and it's not doing any good as the, as the robot land masses are, yeah. are pulling away. And, and yeah, I was, uh, I was like, man, I like, I mean, it's powerful. I mean, it does, it's a good punch. You're right. It it does punch you in the gut, but it's also just kind of like, it's not the kind of, I like happy endings. I like happy endings too. And it's like, we've played this for three games and, you know, and these are epic long games for y'all who have played them. Y'all know that these are all, you know, story like epic narratives. And so we have one and two where you're discussing and you're working toward figuring out why the worlds have split like this. You, you figure out about Klaus and you figure out how uh, he, he split this world. And if you go all the way back to uh, Xeno gears uh, where like the conduit came from, like you, you, you know that it was earth a long, 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 long time ago. And this split happened. And so you, you get to, number three and your entire purpose at the end of it is working on rebooting origin in order to keep the world apart after it's trying to reset itself back into one world the way it's supposed to be and so for me it feels almost like this one this this game ended like you were working toward a goal that was counterintuitive to what you were working toward in one and two and the other xeno games in terms of of keeping everything as this unified whole and restarting where you were working on keeping everything split and broken from what reality should have been and letting klaus win and so it's a really weird feeling for me on this one at the end of the trilogy to ha- not be able to have the worlds merge back in together uh, and be the real world instead of the split parallels that Klaus created. Yeah, um, and I guess also some of that maybe comes with the fact that they've said like this is the end of like yeah. this story, but it's not the end of Xenoblade. Which I mean, I, like, I, so I guess they're sticking with the Xenoblade name rather than going to Zeno something else. Yeah. Um. So I, I maybe part of it is that I was also that's another part that was kind of a letdown for me is you know you and I were talking as we were playing this and I was floating out some I didn't think especially for a Xenoblade game it was very far out theory about Zed uh, being connected in some yeah. way to all of that and then and I was kind of let down by that especially at the end where it's like. Zed's not a person. It's a concept. It's a concept, yeah. And I was like, okay. I like, but I also prefer, you know, if it would have been something more than like 
this uh that's this one of those concepts stopped the uh the the merging initially yeah i don't know that's one of those jrpg things that's just like really eye roll inducing to me where it's like it's not a person it's a concept and i was just like okay okay jrpg people yeah um <laughs> like fine whatever <laughs> but it really, and, uh, yeah. it's at the I'm end the so way. i'm like whatever <laughs> i'll roll with it at this point i've come too far and so <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I was like, um, I, I did really enjoy the last parts of it though. Like, uh, chapter six, uh, starts off, I think, I think really, really strong. There's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of cutscenes at the beginning of chapter six. Yes. Noah's walking through like fog stuff and you see like, it's basically, did you ever see the weird, uh, Darren Aronofsky movie, the fountain with Hugh Jackman? No, I never did. I, I've, I've wanted to and haven't watched it. No, it's basically, okay. It's basically that it's basically that they watched the fountain and we're like, we're going to make this a video game. And, uh, and so, but, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love those parts. I thought chapter six, like I was, I became very, very much more invested, uh, uh-huh. toward the beginning of chapter six, once they started showing like, you know, different, uh, reincarnations of Mia and Mio and Noah and just mm-hmm. like them, uh, you know, different deaths that they went through and then sometimes having kids of their own and just all this stuff. And it was very, it was very poignant moments. And I yes, thought it was it really was. well done and really, really well written. And outside of the baby finger moment in chapter five, I think that was probably the highlight of the game for me was that those beginning moments of chapter six. And it also brought in multiple questions that never got answered for me. That one, did it ever say, and I don't I don't think it did, but did I miss what they named their baby? Did it ever say what, what they named their kid? Because I kept waiting on it to be some kind of, uh, I took that to be where it might be a prequel to the others instead of it being uh, what it was leading up to as being kind of this split after the other games uh, when they were trying to converge. But I was thinking that maybe it was going to be like they were like Rex's parents or something like that. And uh, no, because that's in their kid is in. Okay, is is that in? See, yeah, because always... yeah, and those, and I don't know. Maybe you zoned out because of the three and a half hours of cutscenes. But yeah, that that's part of the thing is that it's it's in, and he's all mad because of that happening to his parents and stuff like that. And he's like, I'm not going to let it happen to me this time. I'm going to find a way to save her. Where it's kind of weird because they make a big deal about, oh, it looks just like his. He looks just like his father. But I'm like, okay, so he looks just like his father. Y'all decided to name him presumably Noah because he's in and he's supposed to be a reincarnation. Okay. There. And, and I was I was thinking like, but that doesn't make any sense why he would look ex- why he would be Noah after he it was Noah and Mio's baby. Yeah, that's supposed to be the whole thing. And then Noah even gives him a speech at some point later in the game. Yeah. How could you do that to them after after they did all these things for you? This yeah, is okay, not what see, they, I was just what they meant. How could you do this to them? And, all and I was the entire time with that. I'm like, it can't be that because it doesn't make any sense <laughs> like that, that Noah would be Noah's kid. Uh, so, OK, I could I could see that. And one thing. So they also through the game, uh, whenever you get to homecoming, whenever you have the golden sparkles and your 10 years runs out, uh, regardless, you're no longer in the flow. You're no longer within the cycle and you actually die like your your soul is removed at that point. But Noah, and I guess that explains more of it because Noah's dad, when he was a kid, Noah hits the homecoming time, goes into Gold Sparkly's, and is removed from the from the equation. But then In and Noah still go around as part of the cycle, and so I guess if the kid is Noah, then that makes sense. But before, I've just been like, but 
but what about Mio? Mio goes goes all gold and dies after the kid uh, when her time ran out, and she's still part of the stuff back in the ends. Mom, Mio. Uh, it's it's like I think with Xenoblade Three, it's like with any Xenoblade game, really, where it's like if you sit there and think about it too long, you will either break your brain or realize that really none of it makes sense. Um, <laughs> and I think I've hit that point. Yeah, and I think I think uh, with Xenoblade Three, I think it's it seems a little worse to me almost because of, and again, maybe this is stuff they answer later on, but there's a lot of it that's like I feel left hanging or. Mm. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. It, it isn't a weird, uh, it isn't a weird way because it's like, I think, I think the other games, you know, have their own moments where like, it doesn't make sense if you really think about it and you start yeah. to really see holes in everything. But with this one, because it's trying to end an arc, yeah. uh, like there's a little bit more pressure on it. And so I think there's a lot more, uh, nitpicks that can be made, but also there's a lot more places where cracks can form because yeah. of the, the scale of it, because of what it's trying to achieve. Um, I don't know. I do think, I feel like Xenoblade 3, though, is kind of like the odd duck in this series. Like, it doesn't, like, at one, at, on one hand, it feels like Xenoblade amped up to, like, 11. Yes. And then, on another hand, it, like, doesn't feel like there are other Xenoblade games at all. And it's like, it's I don't know, it's in a weird position where, like, I don't, I don't know, it just feels felt like a weird one to me. Yeah, it's and it's really interesting because of that. Like, and I've gone back and I've played Xenoblade one and two a little bit uh, since I've beaten this. Like, I've gone back and just kind of booted both of them up and run around and messed around. And in terms of gameplay, three is by far more polished than the other two. Like, it is much quicker and like like I take back the stuff I'd said on Twitter about the combat uh, feeling off because i actually think the combat feels the best out of them right now uh based on uh, just going back and playing initially and you can see how they've evolved the system but in terms of uh like the story it does feel just a little off from the way that they're doing it i don't know it, it feels like they went too much to combine the two of them into this world without making it like cohesive yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel like the game started off like very Xenoblade-y, and then it felt less Xenoblade-y as it continued. No, I feel like it got. I got more. I felt like it felt like Xenoblade One through most of the game, and it started feeling more just like general Xeno after like chapter four. After chapter yeah. five, it felt more like just the overall uh, overall series kind of meshed together. But I felt like the first like four chapters, maybe four and a half, felt very much like Xenoblade Chronicles One. Like it was had far less in my mind that felt like two up to then, and the the later half felt just kind of not even like two, but just a different kind of Xenoblade. But it didn't really feel like either of the others to me. Yeah, I got you. I ha- honestly, I have no idea how where I'm going to land on this game. Like I beat it like two two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, and just like whenever I was actually playing it, like day-to-day my opinion of it changes where like you know i'll wake up yesterday and be like yeah this game actually wasn't too bad you know i liked it more and i wake up this morning and i'm like no i really didn't like it It was pretty disappointing and then i'll wake up tomorrow and be like no i was really good we're like i don't know like this is this is one of those games first game in a long time honestly where like i really am just on the fence with it where it's like there were moments that were so so good 
But on the other hand, I think part of it too is I really expected this to be like my game of the year. Like I expected mm. this this was going to be my game of the year. I've been looking forward to it. You know, I was like Xenoblade, uh, you know, like it can't be bad. So it's got to be really, really good. I was really, you know, amped up for it, especially because yeah. we knew it was going to connect to the older games and stuff. And then like I started playing it and it's just, you know, it's not my it's not my game of the year. Um, there's many other games I've played this year that I've enjoyed more. It's not a bad right. game, but it's still it was a, a letdown. And maybe my expectations were just too high because of how much I loved the second one. Um, right. So maybe it's my own fault for getting my hopes up. But yeah, I really am on the fence about this one where it's like it, it really does. It just changes from day to day, hour by hour. Where like if you if you ask me an hour from now what I think about Xenoblade 3, it'll either be better or worse than my opinion is of it right at this moment. Yeah, it, it, it fluctuates. And I think it depends on what part of the game I'm thinking of or what I'm wanting to do. It, it's like if I'm thinking about the story, I'm actually generally pretty happy about it. Like I, I like being able to see all of this stuff in there, and I like a lot of the the things that they did. But then if I think about like the very end of it, how it all uh, all played out, I'm like, well, I wish it would have been. And it's hard to stick the ending. I mean, you and I have talked about this forever, even you know when we were in, in at Martin Methodist uh, teaching and 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 doing all of that, where ending anything any any stories ending is really hard to get right you're not going to do it right for somebody and somebody's going to feel as though they were something was left off or messed up and i think they did really the probably the best they could with in terms of just out and out finishing it because this is the first time that any xeno story has finished that they've never been able to really bring it all together in any sort of cohesive fashion before because even Xeno Gears uh disc 2 is a mess. Um I thought I thought, two ended, I thought 2 ha- ended pretty well. I mean it all resolved. Oh, I mean overall story. I mean yeah, oh, individually okay, gotcha. like I don't this One, is the two, first time three, they've yeah. tried to tie together a whole narrative because even the Xeno Saga games didn't get to tie together. There were supposed to be like six of those. And uh like this like is the first time they tried to like was it nine including I think it was like nine. Yeah, it was going to be a ton of them. And then like, they like they mashed together uh ideas and stuff that were playing later into the like final one because of uh, oh yeah, sales and things. So nothing has really been able to come of this before. Like this is the first time they've ever been able to really do what they wanted to do with the with the story. And so I got to give them props for that. That that they did it, and they did it in a satisfying way. But I don't know if it was the most satisfying way for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm like you, I go back and forth on it because I'm wanting to play the others, but at the same time, I'm like, but there's still stuff in this that I haven't. Uh, like uncovered yet there's still story like side story quest and a single uh hero that i didn't get um like that i haven't been able to find I haven't looked it up yet but it's the the very last one on the on the uh, list down there by the uh, uh serif that i have not unlocked uh and it's not one of the post game two that you get it's not uh, either melia or uh, nia yeah, I that was actually one part of the ending that actually really uh, resonated with me is at the very end when Poppy runs out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and everything. I was really excited and I was like, oh, Poppy, cool. But then it was kind of heartbreaking in its own way because I was like, oh, this is so far into the future. Like Tora's dead. And that's Tora why it's probably only, dead. That's why it's only Poppy. Yeah, yeah. Is because she's like a robot. So she would have lasted all this time. 
and, and and yeah and then it shows the photo and it shows uh-huh. like mithra and pyra each holding a baby it showed neo with a baby which uh-huh. i was kind of like hmm and then uh where I, like I, I did like that but also it was weird for me because i felt like they did not really uh bring in the like the aegis stuff from yeah the second one and like i found that very surprising where i was kind of like huh this is it's weird that they didn't like lean into this at all where it, it very much felt like a a sequel to the first one yes but then but it had a little bit of two sprinkled into it but it felt like the connections to two were much looser obviously other than you know nia appearing there at the end and and stuff like that like sure those are connected but just in terms of everything else the way the world a lot of the way the world looked built the way mm-hmm. it ran the way these characters felt felt much more like the first one more like one yeah by yeah than the second one and i think that's probably again why i didn't like it as much because i you know i, I prefer two to the first one anyway so um so i think that probably hurt that a little bit um and then i'm but also it was just kind of like that and the uh like the statues, you know, that you see in the city mm-hmm. with like uh, that make connections to the other characters. Like all of that is cool, but on one hand, like I wish they'd been a little bit more obvious with it. Yeah, yeah. Where I wish I, they just straight out said it instead honestly. of like making you infer it. And I guess I guess part of that is they're trying to make it more accessible for like newcomers and make it feel more like a st- it could be a standalone game. Right. Um, and I guess and it they, can be. I know people who have played only this one and have no desire to go back to the to the first two because of. Uh, uh, not have having bounced off of them the first time and uh, liking the things that have come from this one. So, I mean, it can stand alone. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that's probably my like longest running complaint overall with the game is that like, instead of leaving so much of it to be inferred uh, from people who've played the other games and keeping it vague, like I wish right. they had been very specific. And Mm. and I get it. Like a lot of these JRPGs don't do that. Like they're not specific. It's like they're very vague. You know, cough Kingdom Hearts, cough, cough. Um, And and things like that. But I guess I just, like I wanted that specificity. Like for as much as I complained about Trails of Cold Steel 4 trying to do too much, um, like at least there was, you know, significant, I would even argue too many exposition dumps to like let you know who characters were, why they mattered like catching oh, yeah. you up on stuff if, if you hadn't played through it. Um, like I did think the trails games did a really good job of that. But at the same time, it was like, I can understand it both ways. Cause like I uh, played trails from zero recently and I can talk about it now. Cause the review is up. Oh, I cool. I had to just like vaguely mention trails from zero last week, but I couldn't say anything like, Hey, I've been playing it. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I played it, uh, beat it last week and uh, wrote up a review of it and everything. And it was like fantastic. And it was really, it really was like a breath of fresh air after Xenoblade 3, but also after like playing uh, through Trails of Cold Steel 4, where yeah. it was like, it was, you know, very much it could work as a standalone game. I mean, you know, you might be like, hey, like, even if you don't know who Joshua and like Estelle Bright are, like you can... You know, it tells it tells you that they're bracers and, you know, you, you can yeah. infer what they do. You you know what they do because of the game describing them to you, even if you don't know, like, hey, these are the characters from this game. Um, and so it was just it was really nice to go back and see. Like it wasn't nearly as unwieldy, was much more f- focused, didn't have too many characters, didn't have too many plot threads. Um, and it was just it was really nice. Like it was definitely 
the kind of game I needed right now. <laughs> I, I can see that, especially after this one. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually getting into uh, Trails from Zero, but I can't decide. Now, I, I thought I was going to play the Xeno games, the other Xenoblade games after uh-huh. this. I don't think I'm going to right now. I, I think I need something else when I'm going to play it. And I haven't been able to like land on anything that I really, really want to play. And I'm thinking about either Tales from Arise, uh, Tales from Vesperia, or Tales of Vesperia, or uh, Trails from Zero, uh, but I don't know like what I want to play right now, and uh, because there's so many things like that that I haven't played, uh, and there's others coming out like the new Star Ocean game, and I don't know, I can't bring myself to play because I don't know uh, exactly what mood I'm in after <laughs> playing the entire Xenoblade Three and working through it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. That's a, a lot of times that's how I feel about playing through these older, uh, these like longer games. How long did it take you to, to beat Xenoblade Three? By the way, uh, fifty nine hours, I think, somewhere. Oh wow! So yeah, so you spent some more time on, on it with it than I did. Yeah, um, I'd have to go look and see what I'm at right now because uh, I can't remember. But I think it was around. I think it was around fifty nine. Yeah. Uh, wow. So usually. 3. Yeah, usually it's the opposite. I feel like usually you always beat games faster than me. So yeah. uh, that's that's impressive. Like Z- our Xenoblade two uh, save files were like way off. Like mine was like a yeah. hundred and two hours, and yours was like sixty. Or yeah, something. like sixty five or seventy. Yeah, it was it was much lower. And I'm like, but I didn't do a lot of side stuff in Xenoblade two. I didn't like the uh, side quests very much in it. Yeah. And, and I, I think, thought they didn't add a lot to it. And, and I, I think, think at least the side stuff in this one are, is more interesting. Yeah, and maybe that's why mine was faster here, because I, I felt that way about the side stuff in this one, where I just started ignoring standard quests, unless they, mm-hmm. they had to be done for the main story. I did the hero quests to get the characters and the classes. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the of the standard quests, I was just like, eh, I don't really need to run over to five different places on a map and gather carrots. Um, yeah. Or I don't need to, you know collect like a hundred of these things to turn into this uh no pine to get it up to a hundred percent or i don't need to like you know you know like that kind of stuff i was just like eh, and i just decided i i did for a long time like i very much like with all jrpgs i play most of them anyway i did try to you know really uh like do a lot of the side content but somewhere around chapter i think it was probably around chapter four chapter five um, I guess it was chapter five, whenever the game opens up a lot more to that whole ocean area that I hated yeah. and did the prison stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think that was where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to power through because otherwise I don't think I'll ever finish this game. Yeah. If I'm yeah, constantly going, that. I'm constantly going back to other zones to pick up the new standard quests and doing that kind right. of stuff. And just was one of those things I let go because uh, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I expected to. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's again, it's really hard for me to for me to say what like like I know in the first episode with our first impressions, I was like, I think this is a two and a half, maybe three out of five star game for me. Right. Um, and I think I think now hindsight, I would probably give it a little bit higher, like three, three and a half out of five, which is mm. what, like six, seven out of ten. Yeah, because it's not a bad game. It was just personally disappointing for me. If that makes yeah. sense. Like objectively, I, I would have to give it a little bit higher, even though for me, it was a disappointment. It's probably my, like, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, but it probably is my biggest, like, gaming disappointment of the year. Um, And I think, and I I think putting it in perspective, though, is is good. Like, I would give this a four star. 
game for me. Like overall, I think Xenoblade 3 is a four-star game. I don't think it's like the 9 of 10 masterpiece that I kept seeing people talk about. Uh, and I think it's probably for the same reason as yours that we expected too much out of it. We were too much into the series. They were so close to our hearts. And uh, like they were some of our favorite things we like really ever played. Like when it comes to like uh, Xeno Gears and Xeno Saga and stuff like that. Like these are things we love. And to like have it finish out this trilogy, it was not what we wanted entirely. And uh, I think that's both on us and on them. But uh, I definitely think it's like a four out of five star game. Whereas like two is a five out of five. Absolutely. Yeah, I think down. I think that's the thing is I wanted this to build off of two. And in a lot of ways, it feels like it builds off of one and ignores yeah. two. And one, I played way later than I did. Uh, I played Xenoblade Chronicles 1 much like more recently than I did Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So it's actually more fresh in my mind. So a lot of the stuff that was tying in and even locations and stuff seemed to fit in my head a little bit better than what two was going in like i'd mentioned before so it uh, this feels a, probably a little bit different to me as well yeah where that, but that i also sense. liked one better than you uh, i remember when we got the definitive edition of it like we were in the at the house here you were up uh, up in tennessee and you're at my house and like started playing my copy of it because yours was down there and i uh, had never played it before and you wanted to play it so much um that's that's true yeah i don't what I like fine. Um, I think, I think I would probably, I would definitely rank it, you know, two, then one, then three, if I'm ranking, you know, the three mm. games here. Um, but I would too, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Xenoblade Chronicles four will go back to a lot of the kind of weirder, wackier stuff that two embraced. Yeah. I mean, it still had, that's the thing with two is it still had these very serious, um, you know, existential, sometimes nihilistic moments that you oh, find yeah. in like the first one and the third one. But there was also a lot of humor in that game. And it's much more lighthearted in this the, the second and third than the first and third one. Yeah, and even and with this one, really, like so much of it just it didn't feel nearly as lighthearted as it needed to be. And it felt Mm-mm. like it felt like most of the humor was from like Tyon's dry like delivery of lines. Yeah. And, you know, I hate tie on. And also, you know, I like kind of some of the over the top wackiness that a lot of JRPGs embrace. And so right. just having this uh, this like little hipstery dry wit dude uh, deliver some lines every so often wasn't really doing it for me. <laughs> uh, Manana did a lot for me for humor. Uh, I actually ended up liking Riku as well by the end of it um, i mean i like riku fine it's just i cannot get over his voice or everything like it's i actually really like, like his voice i don't know why like it was one of those from the first time i saw it i thought it was funny that he had this this fun this nopon had the uh uh <laughs> had this like really deep uh burly voice yeah but anyway um we we were actually a lot more positive i feel like in this episode than i thought yeah, I mean, we were gonna be but I, I mean, really you like you liked it. Like it was a disappointment. I did for like me, this game. You, you liked it. Yeah, you liked it. More. I liked it. I felt it was a disappointment in terms of where they ended the trilogy, but I, I overall really, really enjoyed this game. And I don't, I can't honestly say that I would. I know what I would change about it. Uh, to well, I know, like I said earlier about the story, but I don't know what I would change about the game itself to you know, to get it up to a five star, uh, in my mind and to like, make it be better than, than two, but, uh, it's absolutely worth playing. 
I think that if you're you've played the other two or if you even want to get into it and see what the series is like and you've listened to this anyway, go give it a shot because this is the most accessible of any of them, I think that uh, you get a lot more quality of life uh, upgrades in this one. And I like, I think that people would like it. Yeah. Cool. And you can beat it relatively quickly. Like compared to our times in the other ones, we've both managed to get through this way quicker than we did the others. Yeah, that is also true. Very, very true. Um, It is the shortest of, of them. And I, I would agree that it's the most accessible. Yeah. It's the, it's the easiest one to just pick up and try to get into if you've never played mm-hmm. uh, one of the other games. So, and, and, and there's, there's merit in that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Especially for a series that I know people have been really uh, intimidated to try before. I've seen people talking about that they know they're long, they know that they're epic, and that they've just not uh, had been, they've been intimidated to, to even pick it up and start. I think this one's a very, very good way to to ease into this not even ease into the series but get into the series uh i I think it's definitely it it does what it's supposed to do i mean that's one thing the game is in no way a failure like this is this is regardless of what either of us think about it it does exactly what the devs set out to do it uh it finishes the trilogy it brings a lot of things together and leaves it open for the dlc to expand even more stuff like I, I look forward to the DLC a lot. I bought it on the first day of getting it too, just to make sure that I, I had it already uh, waiting on me when stuff came out. Yeah, I have not. I think I'm, I think I'm done with this game. Not to, not to end on a bummer like, like you're prone to do. But I, oh. I think, I think I'm done with this game. Yeah, I, I haven't bought any more of it. If there's a big like Torna sized expansion, you know, that comes out, um, and I'm feeling it, I might. But otherwise, I think, I think I'm done. Um, happy. Happy to be talking more about Dragon Quest next week, so I can feel happy again in my life. <laughs> well, one thing—that's that. Whoa, dude, dang! Uh, one thing uh, I'm curious about, though, is with the DLC, is if they're going to do a standalone one like Torna, uh, where you can actually buy it physically separately. Because uh, I know you ended up—you gave me your copy of Xenoblade Chronicles Two that I had borrowed because you got the the special edition of it. Uh, mm-hmm. with the with the uh, steelbook and everything, and then bought the physical version of Torna. And since you gave me the copy of a uh, physical copy of two, I just downloaded the DLC from the eShop of Torna. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the actual physical copy of it, but I want it. And now it's like crazy expensive and hard to get. So I'm wondering if they're going to do the same they, thing for the they DLC did a reprint. On this one. They did a reprint of Torna like a month ago, and it was back to oh. being only like 30 bucks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe two months ago, uh, recently, very recently. Anyway, um, like ahead, I forgot it's already September. It was before uh, three released, I think. So it's it has been a number of months. Oh, now. I didn't know that at all. I'd like, to, I just want to get it for the you know my collection. Yeah, look it, look it up and see. Uh, Amazon, it's thirty nine dollars on Amazon. So yeah, it's not so wow. that's yeah. So it's back to being. Uh, wow, like, it's not like eight hundred dollars anymore. No, I think it was like it. like two fifty. I think was the highest I saw it. Or something it got like up that. there, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it wasn't like eight hundred, like I joked, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely well, cool. I didn't know this. Thank you. That's a now that's a positive note that we can now all afford the physical copy of Xenoblade Chronicles Two: <laughs> Torn of the Golden Country. Yeah, uh, without having to sell a kidney. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and end before I bring the room down anymore. Uh, right, thank cool. you guys. 
Thank you guys for listening to this week's uh, episode. Remember, you can chat with us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. If you want to talk to me directly, you can find me on Twitter at DragonQuestin. And I'm on Twitter at, at Professor Beach. You can talk to us on Discord at discord.geek2geekmedia.com. And we've got a rad dude, all right, eh? Oh, gosh. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm the girl with the gall.